0: In 2 Corinthians chapter 8. We're looking at verses 10 through chapter 9, verse 5. Yes, on the back of your bulletin is the wrong outline. I didn't do it. <laughs> but do not fear. I have the right one. <laughs> you may not be able to keep up, but suffer. <laughs> yeah, if if you can't keep up, then use last week's bulletin. (laughs) So, and if that doesn't work for you, come back next week and see if we got the right one then. (laughs) You didn't know it was going to be such an adventure, did you? (laughs) Verse 10, chapter 8 of 2 Corinthians. Please follow as we read through verse 5 of chapter 9. I give my opinion in this matter, for this is to your advantage, who were the first to begin a year ago, not only to do this, but also to desire to do it. But now, finish doing it also, so that just as there was the readiness to desire it, so there may also be the completion of it by your own ability. For if the readiness is present, it is acceptable according to what a person has, not according to what he does not have. For this is not for the ease of others and for your affliction, but a way of equality. At this present time, your abundance being a supply for their need, so that their abundance also may become a supply to your need, that they may be equality. As it is written, he who gathered much did not have too much, and he who gathered little had no lack. But thanks be to God who puts the same earnestness on your behalf in the heart of Titus. For he not only accepted our appeal, but being himself very earnest, he has gone to you of his own accord. We have sent along with him the brother whose fame and the things of the gospel have spread through all of the churches. And not only this, but he has also been appointed by the churches to travel with us in this gracious work, which is being administered by us for the glory of the Lord Himself, and to show our readiness, taking precautions so that no one will discredit us in our administration of this generous gift. For we have regard for what is honorable, not only in the sight of the Lord, but also in the sight of men. We have sent with them our brother whom we have often tested and found diligent in many things, but now even more diligent because of his great confidence in you. As for Titus, he is my partner and fellow worker among you. And as for your brethren, they are messengers from the churches, a glory to Christ. Therefore, openly before the churches, show them the proof of your love and of our reason for boasting about you. For it is superfluous for me to write to you about this ministry to the saints. For I know your readiness of which I've boasted about you to the Macedonians. Namely, that Achaia has been prepared since last year and your zeal has stirred up most of them. But I have sent the brethren in order that our boasting about you may not be made empty in this case, so that as I was saying, you may be prepared. Otherwise, if any Macedonians come with me and find you unprepared, we do not speak of you, will be put to shame by this confidence. So I thought it necessary to urge the brethren that they would go on ahead to you, arrange beforehand your previously promised bountiful gift, So that the same would be ready as a bountiful gift and not affected by covetousness. Father, help us to have ears to hear. Help us to understand uh, this privilege. But Father, help us understand this sacrifice. And Father, I pray that you will touch our hearts, each and every one of us, that we may understand we are but stewards of the precious treasure And that, Father, you have graced us, blessed us in ways that many of us would have never dreamed, and yet you're not done. Father, let us be found faithful. As the Corinthians were faithful, as the Macedonians were faithful. Help us, Father, to stand in your promises. Help us to stand in your word and help us to rejoice at this great, great privilege. In Christ's name, amen i 'm looking at a section here, and i 've called it Integrity and Stewardship. I hear stewardship bannered around a lot. I get mail probably daily explaining to me on how to make you guys better stewards. Great idea, I thought somebody he 's making a killing publishing all this stuff. Um, one of the things that I have learned about stewardship is is that I think that we you will hear stewardship campaigns, stewardship drives. Uh, how many of you have been in a in a church where they had like a, a thermometer and we got our little number thing here and we keep coloring it as we get closer and closer? Uh, I remember one time when we took this really nice piece of oak and we um, super glued a rock on it that we were making a pledge before that rock that. It was going to come together. Um, I threw that rock away. Uh, It seemed to keep getting in my way. Um, I, I see this a lot. I hear this a lot. When I think of stewardship, I look at every single one of you and I don't care what your age is. I don't care what your background is. I don't care what your job is. God has blessed you beyond your understanding. And because he has blessed you so massively, you are a steward of what he has given you. Okay? And it is for whatever time it is. I mean, whatever length of time you have. And you know, I, I please, I know well the economy. Okay? I, I may know it better than. Do you realize that I have been a senior pastor at this church for 20 years? Okay, and I make less now than when you hired me. Please. Okay, I, I, it has to do with being a steward of what has been given. There has been times I've had families living in my home that paid me no grocery money and no help, no expenses of the house whatsoever. They were not able to. And we always had plenty. OK, and I can tell you that on a piece of paper, it's impossible. OK, I, I can tell you flat out it's that way, but he was faithful. So when I hear people saying, well, you just don't understand, I have to work part time. You know, I work three jobs right now. Please, people. OK, I'm not going to share with you something I'm not very, very aware of and sensitive to. But I've also seen, and, and you have too, you've all seen um, there is an integrity problem in the church. And it is so massive that there's an organization now that's called the ECFA, Evangelical Church Fundamental Accountability. And if you join them, They audit your books at random intervals to make sure you're getting it done. And you know what? A lot of churches won't sign up with them. Why? What are you hiding? Okay? But... It has gotten that big that it has birthed this, quote unquote, ministry to keep the integrity of the churches and parachurch organizations honest. Now, let me tell you something. If you've got to have that. You've got a problem. Okay, Um, we are stewards of what God gave us. Every one of you. All right. And I've already shown you we've since we started this section in May on how God plans you to use your money. And you know what? Some of you have come to me and said, well, I'm, I'm not in that place. Then sell assets and get in that place. It is not that difficult. Well, you don't understand. No, I don't think you would understand. All right. Am I willing to do without so others can be exposed to the gospel of Jesus Christ? It's that simple. All right. If you had a real copy of the outline, (laughs) you would see nine points. Okay. In those nine points. Is how you can tell if a ministry, a mission, a stewardship is one of integrity. Listen, it is not the best out of nine. It's got to be all nine. All right. The first point is that giving is voluntary. Did you hear what I just said? It is voluntary. All right. Um, it is free will. From the heart of the individual. And it is going to the Lord. It is voluntary. It is voluntary as to how much you give. It is between you and the Lord. Period. You have to stand before the judgment seat of Christ. I'm not going to be there. I have to stand on my own account. There is no command on a percentage that you should give or an amount you should give. The Old Testament, they say, well, the Old Testament had a tithe. That's taxation. They were funding the government. They weren't funding the church. They were funding the temple. It was a theocracy that was overseen by priests. that took care of the grounds, made sure there were sacrifices. It took care of things. It was a tax. Every year you had two tithes. A tithe is a tenth. So you had 20%. All right. Every third year, you had another 10th. So if you were giving over the course of a year to make sure you kept current, you'd be given 23 and a third percent. There was also a half shekel temple tax. And there was also the gleanings from your fields. So if you really sum it all up, you're looking about 25 percent a year in taxes. Okay, it was a tax. It was to keep the government Working, that's all it was for. Nowhere will you find that the church is supposed to tithe. Sorry, it's supposed to be of the heart. It was a theocracy that was run by priests. And you took care of them. The tribe of Levi, anybody know where their land was? They didn't have any. Why? The nation took care of the priests. There was no percentage. It was in the church, it's always been free will giving and it was voluntary. Now there were needs specific to this text. The poor saints in Jerusalem were really struggling. And all of a sudden it became a need. And the churches of the Gentiles started taking up offerings to send down to Jerusalem to help the precious saints in Jerusalem. We pay our taxes. We are told to pay our taxes. Give unto Caesar. That that is Caesar's. What is it? He said, whose face is on the coin? Caesar's. Well, who made that coin? The Roman government. All right. They had in market what? Money. So that you can buy and sell with coinage. We do that. You know, render under Washington. His picture's on there. I just don't know where he's at. Pay your taxes. You're giving to God. It is what is in your heart. How is God leading you? What is the amount? What is the percentage? There isn't any. How does God lead? I just give it. Important to keep this in mind. When you think about giving, okay? I don't care what the ministry is. Whatever the ministry is that you think you need, you feel led that you're going to give to run these nine points and see if they meet these nine points. All right. Stewardship to any ministry. I don't care who it is. And they're all over the place. I was watching something yesterday and they have, you know, give to the Jews in Israel so that they can have a Sabbath meal. And the Israeli government is spending too much money on defense. And we Christians are going to send the Jews money so that they can have, what, bagels? I don't know. I don't know. What do they eat? I know that when I visited Israel, everybody says, bring sausage. (laughs) Smuggle some sausage in because there isn't any. So I brought in. (laughs) They had to go through security and look at it and say, he's got 12 sticks of pepperoni in there. What is up with this guy? (laughs) <laughs> but you'd have thought I brought these kids gold bars. Okay, but anyway, it it is voluntary. Whatever ministry that I am giving to, is it done with integrity? And the one that you have to ask is, is it voluntary? Have you ever seen those things, those request cards? Would you like to offset? And I'll fill in the blank. Okay, you can give $50. You can give $30. You can give $20 or any amount. well what are you doing well this is really important well how about I give you what God says I should give you and if you've got a list of numbers on there for me I know what I'm going to give you zero okay I don't need your suggestions the same Holy Spirit in the Apostle Paul is the same Holy Spirit's in every one of you that is truly saved and as that Spirit tells me to give I'm going to give Alright? It is voluntary. You just need to know this thing. Now now if you go to your text, it's really kind of cool because I, I do Paul's good. Because see, when he starts it out there in verse ten, he says, I give my opinion in this manner. Okay? You know what he just said? It's not a command. It's not a percentage. It's not an amount. I give my opinion. But look what he says next. This is to your advantage. Okay, It's not a command. But it is to your advantage. Remember what he'll say here in a few months, probably. Chapter 9, verse 6. Now I say this. He who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. He who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Now let me ask you a silly question. You believe the Bible. You believe that verse. Just a simple question. Everybody's like, he's setting us up for something. Uh, No, I'll just ask you, you want a big harvest or you want a small harvest? If you want a small harvest, give a little. You want a large harvest. Give a lot. That's what it says. I didn't write it. Remember Luke's gospel, chapter 6, verse 38. If you have a red letter Bible, who's saying this? Christ is. Give and it shall be given to you, pressed down, shaken together and running over. And I have to ask Christians, you believe that? I remember preaching a sermon at a little poor church... Church, uh, and they just don't have enough vowels in their language. Gognosk, okay, and it ain't got an A in it anywhere. I just have to use an A to say it. And they had his and her outhouses. There was no plumbing in the building whatsoever. They went and got their water from a well, okay? And I preached a message. They were celebrating. It was a Wednesday. They were uh, uh, celebrating Mary coming to the knowledge that she was with God's child. Okay. And then nine months later, they celebrate Christmas. Okay. And it's a great celebration. I preached the last three chapters of Revelations. Let me show you what the baby's about. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> okay uh, I mean we got the little swaddling clothes check out this dude <laughs> look the baby's all grown up <laughs> and, and I preach this and this, uh, this elderly woman and, and it's hard these people live hard lives so I mean she could have been in her 50s or 60s but she looked like she was closer to 100 and, and she comes up to me and she says I have no money I, I live on um, a pension Um, it's it's sort of like social security and she says I have no money she says but I have always struggled and God brought you to show me this and I I said you know that's no problem now she's going to an interpreter and all the rest she says can you wait here a moment and I said sure so I'm standing there talking and answering some questions and she comes walking back to me and she's got tears coming down her face and she hands me this plastic bag full of eggs she's got a chicken coop on the church property she lives there kind of keeps it clean. She says I cannot give you any money, but it meant so much to me. Here, please take these eggs. Okay. That was out of her heart. I told her, I said I don't want it. Here, you need that. but you can't. You can't. This lady says it's more blessed to give than to receive. So am I going to steal that blessing from her? Now I can't do anything. It's not like I'm going to put this in my carry-on. Okay. So we went back and one of the ladies at the church I was staying at made these, I don't know, I call them Russian raviolis. (laughs) That's the only thing I can describe them as. They're really good, but, you know, they, you, you, to write, to eat the Russian diet, you have to like grease. Okay. And it comes in various manners. It can be pure lard or butter or whatever. But if you like grease, you can just, gosh, it's good. Okay, but you can you it's just woo stay away from the seafood, but anyway, um I look at this and i and I sit there and I said, This lady was moved because she had prayed about this text and was not understanding it, and I give her the whole basically an overview of the whole book of revelations really, and um her heart was moved to give. Jesus says, give and it shall be given to you, pressed down, shaken together and running over. Paul says, in this manner, I give you this matter. I give my opinion. It's not a command, but we do know that giving is important. He talks about it in, in 1 Corinthians 16. 1 Corinthians 16 verses 1 and 2. Concerning the collection for the saints, as I directed the churches of Galatia, so do you also on the first day of every week, each one of you is to put aside and save as he may prosper so that no collection be made when I come. So you give on the first day of the week. Which day is that? Sunday. All right. The amount is completely up to you. It's not a command. This is very important. Giving is commanded. But in this specific instance, the church had a need and the amount is not commanded. Giving is. As to the amount, it is completely up to you. Completely up to you. It's your heart and God. You know, use what is wise. Use what is appropriate. Okay, But it is appropriate to give. How much depends on your own heart attitude. It's not your spouse's attitude. It's not your kid's attitude. It's not, well, I think that there's a recession coming in 2014 attitude. It says, if I so sparingly, I will reap sparingly you know what i believe that there's a lot of people in the body of christ right now who are having financial problems because they don't believe that text and now they'll tell you they do but their actions don't say that i remember when i first got into the ministry the big thing was counseling okay i've ruined everybody of that okay and and you always had, you know, the wife would want to come and say, my husband is this. The husband would come and say, my wife is this. And the kids would come and say, mom and dad are this and yada yada, all the rest of it. And so I had probably a handful of times that I met with couples in the church and they were struggling. And I said, well, here's what you do. We'll meet next week or whatever. and she, They said, well, what, what do you want us to do? I says, I want you to bring me your checkbook and your credit card statements. What? Yeah, because I can go through that real quick and say, you got an idol problem. And once you got an idol problem, that means your relationship with the Lord is broken and your marriage is going to be a pain in the, you know what, anyway. And everybody's, well, you can't. And I was like, then I can't help you. Until you put Christ back in front, it don't work. And people look at you you can't, well, that's why my counseling business is so massive. They're like, well, he wants to know what we're given. No, I don't want to know what you're given. I want to know what you're wasting your money on. Okay? And people say, "Well, well, I'm just telling you. How you handle money is a direct barometer of your walk with the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Okay, And when Paul says here, and says, hey, I give my opinion in this matter because it is to your advantage. I know what he's saying. How you're doing this or whatever ditch you've got yourself into. When I think about that poor woman giving me a bag of eggs. The amount is completely up to you. It is your hard attitude. And it is your hard attitude before the Lord. Paul says, Remember, I'm giving you my opinion in a matter because I want you to have an advantage. And it is your advantage to give. It is our advantage to give. Giving is a stewardship of what God has blessed every single one of us. How much advantage would you like to have? I see people who are struggling. um, You know, eighty some percent of marriages break up over finances. Really? Really? How can that be? We are the wealthiest nation on the planet Earth. Our poor people are wealthier than most nations. And well, we're struggling. No, you're spending too much. It isn't hard. How much would you like the Lord to bless you? And I've listened to it. (laughs) Well, this is all spiritual. Was Zacchaeus's? It didn't sound like it. How about Job? Look, most righteous man in the East. Lost everything. Everything. Why don't you die and curse God? And yet he got blessed on the backside of it. Do you understand it? How much treasure do you want to lay aside in heaven? How much eternal reward would you prefer to have? How many friends do you want to purchase for eternity? If you go to Luke's gospel, chapter 16, you see two parables there. One is the crooked manager. Remember, and he owes his master a whole bunch of money and he goes and he tells all of the servants that owe him to cut their bills in half to their master. And he takes it up and gives him 50 percent basically of what was owed him. Okay, but then he wouldn't put a guy in prison because he owed him just a smitten the rich man sitting at his table and Lazarus, the poor man, laying on the floor trying to hope that crumbs would fall off so he would have something to eat and the rich man's soul was asked for him and he went to hell and Lazarus was in Abraham's bosom drinking cold water and the rich man was saying, hey, why? How many souls are you willing to reach? Read that little brochure you got in your bulletin from the summer camps at SGA and look at the pictures. Check it out. There were 450 kids in Orel. They were expecting 300 this year. 450 kids who have never ever heard the gospel of Jesus Christ. And were exposed to it. Walked with it. And now have relationships with believers in the church that's in their community. How much do you want God to return to you? How much do you want... It's going to be directly proportionate to what you sow. See, that is our advantage. The blessing is ours. Is there spiritual? Yes. Is it monetary? Yes. I have never wanted. And there's times I look at my bank account and say, why do I even own a bank account? You know what? And it's always been that way. Whether you go before Moses, whether you go during the Mosaic law, whether you go during the New Testament birth of the church, or whether you come out of it today, it's always that way. Giving is always voluntary. Any ministry with integrity says it's voluntary. There are no percentages. There's no legal requirement. There's no set amount. There's no demand. There's no manipulation. It is all voluntary. In any ministry that has integrity in their stewardship, it will say it is voluntary. It is voluntary. There is no compulsion. There's no confiscation. There's no redistribution of wealth. There's no reallocation. It is only an appeal to voluntarily give as God has moved your heart. Listen, we have seen some tragic things ministries okay we have seen them okay and, and we think about it ptl uh swaggered and a whole bunch of these other guys that we can all roll out a big old list of them but we forget some some of you aren't old enough to remember but i remember a place in ghana jonestown people liquidated all of their assets and gave it to an individual Because they believed that that man was a spokesman for God. And he demanded it. Some of you may not remember Jonestown. How about Waco? They liquidated all of their assets and gave it to one man who was quote unquote... Well, he actually believed that he was Messiah. Messiah. I mean, let's take a step. I'm not a spokesman for God. I are God. Okay. So, you know, he he was trying to outdo Jim Jones. Listen, I've seen pictures and rewards from Jimmy Carter to Jim Jones for his great humanitarian aid. Politicians were writing him medals. They wanted to be on the stage with him. Okay. Really? All I want is all your money, all your possessions. Oh, but don't worry. I'll put you up in a place that'd be really close to God. So close, drink the Kool-Aid. Same thing with Waco. These people take over and demand it. And then I will meet your needs. They yielded their possessions. They yielded their wealth. You know what? You can sit and try to tell me. I have people try to argue. Well, Jesus taught socialism. No, he didn't. Never did. It's communistic. You know, we have all things in common. No, at the birth of the church in Jerusalem, you had 10,000 people show up with nowhere to go. And you got 11 apostles three French hens, two turtle doves, and a partridge in a pear tree. And it's going downhill fast. Listen. That is nothing more than a religious dictatorship. Okay. Do you guys understand, if you go back to Cuban um, revolt, do you know why Castro wanted Batista out of there? He was going to bring a democracy. Well, that worked well. They should have known that if you've got to sell everything you own and you have no possessions, you ain't got a democracy anymore. And you can go look at it right now. The churches do that, too. I know churches right here in town that got ready to do their buildings and they were putting a stewardship drive and they wanted last year's tax returns So, and they only wanted adjusted income. And how much of your adjusted income can you give for our building project? And you know what was really stupid? They lined up to do it. And whatever the quote-unquote leadership team said, this is what you have to give. These people have to give monthly for the building of the palace. See? As soon as someone says, this is what you have to give, I walk away. I walk away. Because it's voluntary. Voluntary. Religious leaders deciding what you should have. Redistribution of wealth confiscated by compulsion. These are spokesmen for God. They know what God knows best. So if I give them everything, then they will take care of me. Really? If he's a spokesman for God and he has to have it, tell him to go down to the lake, grab a fish and pull a coin out of it. Okay, you do that, I'm in. That is never, ever, ever, ever a ministry of integrity when it demands. There's only one way. When gifts are completely voluntary, there's no manipulation. I don't want to see a little poor, starving child picture. Okay, that's manipulation. Okay, it is not under compulsion. You know, if you don't give, I've had guys that were fundamentally sound that said that anybody who doesn't give 10% to the church is stealing from God. And I heard him say that from the pulpit. Okay, now I hate to tell you this, but that is giving by compulsion. Because I don't stand before God and say, you know, I was robbing you. Can't be confiscated. There's no redistribution. It's an appeal to the people's heart. This is what we're doing. People ask me, well, how do you know? I look for a ministry that is focused on the Word of God and the Word of God only and the power and the authority of His Scripture and the power and the authority of the Holy Spirit. When I find people who are interested in that, I'm in. Okay, so when I've been ministering with these guys now for as long as I have in, say, like Russia um, or Myanmar or whatever, I know these men. I know what they do. Not only that, I how have a track record. that says, look how God has expanded their ministries. And you can't say, well, Casarock Baptist Church is a mega church and we give hundreds of thousands of dollars a year. No, man, this is God thing. Give what you want, people. But it's between your heart and God's heart. It's not always the way in the church. I've seen the plans. I've heard the programs. Um, I have seen churches. I know several churches today that you would classify as conservative evangelicals who assign certain amounts to people. Okay. They demand to be paid. They use pressure and they use manipulations. All the time. Many demand at least 10. Or you're stealing from God. Some are, I don't know, I, I have heard so many horror stories and then I think about Jonestown and Waco and I think, you're only a step away from that. You're only a step away from that. When do you want me to liquidate my assets and we all come under one, one roof together and we'll just all be happy and sing Kumbaya and hope that ATF don't show up? that's crazy. Well, yeah, I'll do that. No, there's nowhere in the Bible does it say it's a sin to own something. It is a sin to have something that becomes an idol to you and it becomes your master. Okay, when anytime I hear someone has fixed amounts, okay, like the Emmanuel's child star, first year they came out with that, they said it's $25 for this. And I said, well, why is it $25? And they said, because every star gets a Bible. And he went through all this stuff that every star had with it that was going to cost them. And I was like, all right. So I meet with the bookkeeper at uh, SGA over at, in when I, one of my trips to Love's Park. And, and so I meet with her. And I said, okay, these $25. And she says, well, it actually costs us almost 40 per star. But we only asked for 25 you're like, wow. Okay. And she showed me, I, you know, here's, here's what it looks like. This is what it costs for publishing of the Bibles and the gifts that we're giving and the produce and all the rest of it. Because they have to ship produce in out of Europe. They, 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 you can't get it in Russia. And, you know, they like to give kids like an orange and apple, pears and things like that. I mean, and, and if you ever watch the Russians, they think that's the greatest. I mean, because they have produce during the summer and the fall. It's gone. And then whatever they manage to can is what they get in the winter. Okay? And so when you give these kids big ol' orange on the 17th of January, <laughs> they look what I got! <laughs> Believers give voluntarily. It is to our advantage to give voluntarily. And it is Purely how you want to be blessed. If you want just a small blessing, give it small. It is a question of... Uh, uh, you have to answer in your own heart. You know, you can. I can look around this room right now and there's a variances of income. I, mean, I don't know what everybody makes. I hope that we're not all making the same. But anyway. But there's a variance of income in this this room. And you give... What Out of the proportion that you have. You know, I think about that lady on uh, uh, basically Russian Social Security. And she gave me eggs. That's what she had. That's what her heart was moved at. And God will respond to your giving by his generosity. He always has. You have to have the question in your own heart answered. How much generosity from God would you like? Specific here to the Corinthians in this text. They're giving for this, they're going to take up a collection and they're doing it for all the Gentile churches. They're going to take it back to Jerusalem to help the saints in Jerusalem. All right. You know what's amazing about it? There are no demands on amount or percentage. Nor do they take from the people. I'm only going to take from the rich. They ain't doing that either. Everybody gives as God moves their heart. Paul, I want to remind you, give in regard to how much advantage you want. Verse 10 here, he reminds them. Now look what he says at the end of verse 10. You were the first to begin. Okay? You were the first ones to start about a year ago. Okay? The actual text, you can't say well, it's 365 days, but it was in a year's time. All right? But you also had the desire first. When the situation came up, you had a desire to be the first ones to give to help the saints in Jerusalem. Okay? Now, going back to something I've been trying to hammer It is a heart issue. I have seen people in this body over the years, okay, who had gotten themselves into a hard spot and some things came up that this church needed to take care of and they were ashamed that they weren't in position to help. I remember, and, I, and I've told some of you guys this story, when uh, I, I was shortly in the pastorate here, I, 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 probably two two or three years, and all of a sudden, one of the elders came up to me and he says, uh, you know, we have a balloon payment coming up on our deed. And I was like, oh, really? I said, uh, when is it coming up? He says, 30 days. <laughs> and I said, well, h- how much of the balloon... I mean, is this a helium balloon? No, what is this thing? Uh and he says, We have to pay it off the note in thirty days. And I was like, Yeah, oh, perfect. <laughs> no worries. And he says, What do you think? And I said, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Okay? The next following Sunday I went before the congregation and said, Surprise. Okay? And, you know, if you give what you can. Okay. And um, we came to the last Sunday when we had to turn the note in that we would pick up the deed of the property in the building. And we were still short. And so um, Stephanie wasn't doing the money then. Uh, one of the elders was doing the money then. And uh, he went in the back and he says, this is how much short we are. So I brought it up to the congregation. Nobody wanted to leave until we found out if we had the money. And they started bidding how much is needed, how much is needing. And it was amazing because it wasn't the people you thought it would be. Okay. And they started bidding and they paid that note off. And, you know, Hank would run in the back and come back out. He said, well, we're still short about. It. Well, I can take care of it. You're like, gee, okay. going once, going twice, <laughs> sold to the man. And I, and I said in awe of it. Okay, but, you know, we were just caught. Hank had completely forgot about it. And he said, no, man, we got a balloon payment coming I'm like, balloon payment. (laughs) What? He says, yeah, we have to pay it off. When do we have to pay it off? 30 days. Perfect. (laughs) And yet they did it. You just sit there and go, wow, that's awesome. And it was for me, it was a sizable amount of money. I think it was about eight grand on the last week. Uh, I think it was about 16 grand going into the last 30 days. So, you know, I was just like, wow, geez. So, anyway, um, I figured I'd go beg. Can you give me another 30? (laughs) Please, I'll cut your grass. Whatever. No, actually, I didn't have plan B at the time. I was like, I don't know how this is going to work out. The Corinthians were the first one when they heard of the suffering of the saints in Jerusalem. God moved on their heart that they had a desire to help in the suffering. And they had started for a year taking up an offering. It was a heart action. Giving should be a heart action. This last year, desire to respond to the heart knowing it was to their advantage. Paul says, I give you my opinion. From the beginning, your heart was in this. From the beginning, you were the first to to give. From the beginning, it was moved by your heart's desire. That's how all giving in the body of Christ is to be done. That is how you honor The Lord, the first day of every week, put aside that he may prosper. That's what Paul told the Corinthians in 1 Corinthians. Put it aside according to what you have. It's always voluntary. You know, I think we're celebrating our Thanksgiving meal and it's the Thanksgiving season. And I said, you realize how blessed we are. Every single one of us. I didn't say it's easy. Some of us may be better off than others, but... Do I respond to how God has blessed me with a heart's desire for the furtherance of His kingdom? There is no obligation. You don't have to give a nickel. So the first principle of integrity in ministry and stewardship in giving is have it to be giving that is voluntary. It is for their own blessing. It's out of the desires of their own heart. There's no badgering, there's no manipulation, there's no um, intimidation, there's no set amounts and there's no percentages. Biblical stewardship that has integrity does not need an outside organization auditing its books. One with biblical stewardship that is, has integrity first says that all giving is voluntary. Okay, next week we'll look that it is faithful. Let's pray. Father, to your praise and glory, thank you, Lord, that my voice held up. And Lord, I praise you for these people, these precious saints. Father, I thank you for this amazing feast we are preparing for. And Father, even the Thanksgiving season, I pray that the saints that are here and minister alongside of me are thankful every day for the amazing things you do. Lord, you overwhelm us with what you do. You overwhelm us with what you promise. Father, I pray that you move our hearts, that we will shine as this massive light to the awe of a secular society. To your praise and glory, in Christ's name, amen.